What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. This place is like Dr. Seuss's worst nightmare. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, you already know where to go. DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me. Yes, me. They like me. They really like me. To be at your event, I will play for you. I will be your entertainment. Let me entertain you. Today on the program, very exciting. I have Chelsea Reitzma all the way from Malta. Yeah, I had to look it up too. Where's Malta? Tiny island nation just south of Sicily. Yes, it's south of Italy, Sicily, north of Africa. Yes, right there in the Mediterranean. So let's talk to Chelsea Reitzma in the next few minutes. You got that to look forward to. Coming up this week, uh, my shows, they're all public shows, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Thursday night, I'll be at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas. It's the video dance party, karaoke jam, family-friendly, so bring the whole family. It's a perfect, perfect after-school treat and an after-work treat because they got frosty beverages for the adults in case you care to imbibe, but you know I keep the music family-friendly, so all come you're all welcome to come to the uh, to the old post barbecue in russellville arkansas come on out from six to nine be there russ vegas baby and then let's see friday night i'll be at the rab in conway arkansas that starts at 8 p.m until the wee hours of the morning about almost two in the am where we have some fun. Now, this one is an over-21 club, so uh, leave the kids at home. Why don't you? (laughs) It's a video dance party, karaoke jam. They got the full bar. They got the kitchen open, burgers, pizza, wings. Try the wings. I like the wings. And the Jersey Girl pizza. You cannot discount that stuff. It's really, really good. Amazingly good for a a bar. And and that's the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. They got a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you have any idea how to play pool, maybe you can make some money while you're hanging out at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. They got the, the shuffleboard and foosball and Jenga and checkers out there on the party patio so there's always something to do while you're waiting to hear your name called by me so you could sing so you could be the star of the show and you know i'm going to play some dance music we got the perfect dance area all lit up and perfect just for you and i'll play a slow song so you could dance with your honey if you want yeah i'll do it I'll do it. I'm your servant. Saturday night, come out to Heber Springs VFW. That starts at 8 p.m. until at least, I'm thinking 1 in the morning. Somewhere around 1 in the morning we close up. But uh, it's the karaoke contest finale. Apparently, they've been having a karaoke contest for the last few months throughout the week. And they had me there at the beginning of the month. And they said, "Uh, Keys Dan, we like you. We really like you. Will you come out at the end of the month and do our karaoke contest grand finale? I said, hear good singers 
and have a nice big room that people could dance and sing and have a good time in? Sure, I'm in. Count me in. That's the Heber Springs VFW, 8 p.m. Be there. Good singing and good times. And you know, if it's a VFW, they got the bar. Come on. That's what every town needs, a VFW, so you can have a bar in a dry county. Without further ado, let's give a chit-chat to Chelsea Reitzma calling well, Skyping Chelsea Reitzma now. Hello, Chelsea Reitzma, please. Hey, Dan, how are you? It's good. It's Keys Dan calling. <laughs> I noticed you put your, your video on. I face my phone straight up towards the ceiling, so all you would be seeing is my ceiling fan. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> so there's not it's no, not necessary that you have the, this, the video on, although it's nice to see you. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> it feels more like i'm there with you so <laughs> hooray <laughs> well here we go uh this is keys dan with the what makes you famous podcast and i have chelsea I I am i pronouncing it properly well, what pronounce your last name for me Reitzma. <laughs> i did pronounce it right Reitzma. perfect and you're perfect yeah okay give the people a little synopsis a little bio of who you are chelsea Reitzma. Uh, well, I'm originally from Visalia, California, and um, I I lived all over the place. And I went to uh, the Chicago Art Institute and um, graduated from there as an artist. And I was dancing, making a lot of money um, with a very very well well done dance career. So I was I was quite happy with that and uh, had a dance company in Chicago uh, we mostly did like ethnic dances and and then um, I toured around uh, the United States and Europe and I ended up in Malta because I loved it so much the small island just south of Italy and um, I ended up moving here <laughs> it was a very slow process I had a dance company here for a while and I danced in Chicago and I was flying back and forth managing both of them um, and then my dance career ended because I had some major injuries about uh, four years ago. And um, I finally had the time to explore music because I love music and I never got the opportunity to uh, pursue that or study it or anything. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> that is a nutshell. I, Chelsea writes my, I had no idea that I will be talking to a, a, a a girl from California that ended up in a small island nation of Malta. Uh, let's take the journey. <laughs> let's go. Let's uh, let's get there from A to B because uh, we skipped a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can go from A to Z because we skipped a whole lot in the middle. That's for sure. Chelsea, you were born yes. where in California again? Visalia, 
Visalia, California. It's between Bakersfield and Fresno. Okay, Bakersfield, I know. I've done some parties out there. I DJ uh, so, sometimes, and and I, I DJ some parties in Bakersfield. Uh, I, and uh, Fresno, I'm familiar with the geography. You're in a town right in the middle. Was it a small town? It's a pretty tiny town, about 100,000 people, mostly agricultural area. Well, in California, I think 100,000 is a small town, I think. Uh, <laughs> Very small, yeah. <laughs> right. So, all right. So, you, you started off in California. Did you spend your all your school life in California? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I spent my whole life in California until I was uh, 24. I graduated from Humboldt State University, and then I transferred over to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Now, Humboldt State University, what did you study there? Um, I studied visual arts, art history, and gallery operations. Now, where, where did you want that? Nerd. <laughs> yeah, where did you want that to take you? Uh, you know, I, I'm also a professional visual artist. So, um, when I was in my 20s, I had dreams of, you know, making a living doing my art. And, um, but once I graduated the Chicago Art Institute, I was making a lot more money dancing. So, I focused on that. And dancing is something that you have to do while you're young um, because your body will only hold out for so long. I suspect you're right. I'm 50 years old, and I, I, I'm in tune with that with that emotion of uh, body <laughs> giving out. Uh, sometimes I, 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 I don't do uh, everything I used to do in my 20s. Now, with the visual, let's go back there. When you started in, in the visual, did you, did you actually – uh, get a job doing some visual arts? Uh, like maybe, what is it, like cartooning maybe or some computer graphics of some kind? Uh, give, me, give me an idea of what the visual was. Um, the visual art, I was doing um, murals like in homes and restaurants and stuff, uh, painting large-scale murals on walls and ceilings. And then I um I also did some signage. I did graphics art for a while, photo retouching, whatever I could to make money doing art. So computers uh, or painting classes. Sorry. Was it computers or was it painting mostly? Mostly painting and sculptures. Fantastic. Now, can you uh, do you have any of your art that's still up in California? I'm guessing that you did most of that early stuff in California. Uh, yes, I, I did do a lot of early stuff in California, a lot of murals. I was part of the Visalia Team Mural Group, and um, we painted murals all over the city. They're, they're still there. <laughs> that's fantastic um, that you have something that's that's lasted, and it, it becomes a, a piece of, of history and you are a part of the city. When people go by, they don't know that they're seeing Chelsea Reitzman's art, but you know, and and they're admiring it. How does that make you feel, knowing that you're a part of the city? It's it's a really great feeling, actually. And I, I love the whole program being part of community-oriented art um, with the murals. I also did a mural up in Rio Dell Elementary School in Humboldt County, and that's also still there at the elementary school. I taught the kids how to paint a mural, and um, that was a wonderful experience. And um, and then I, I painted a few in Chicago as well. But that was after I had already started a more professional level career after graduation, and 
it was more in private residences and businesses. So it, it wasn't as community oriented as the earlier murals were. All right. Going through the early life of Chelsea Reitzman and how you got <laughs> to Malta. Wow. Okay. <laughs> were you, your parents were pretty stable? Did, did they give you a pretty stable home in, in California or did you move around as a kid too? No, no. It was very, very, very stable. <laughs> My parents are only just now moving and they're moving to Malta to be with me, so. <laughs> ah, they miss their little baby girl, their little little tiny baby girl. They got to go to exactly. Malta. <laughs> you know, I, I just looked up Malta because I, I really, I, uh, the wife and I were kind of uh, this, trying to figure out Malta. Well, she named it right away. She said, oh, it's in the Mediterranean. And I went, is it? And I went, yeah, probably. I'm going to say you're right. And then we Googled it. And there it is, right in the Mediterranean, right where, uh, you know, I got to trust my wife. You always got to trust the lady because they know everything. hundred <laughs> percent. Ah, she said a hundred percent. All right. <laughs> All right, Chelsea Reitzma. So, okay, we go, we're in California. You have a stable life. What did your, what did your parents do? Mom, dad, what did they do? They had the Mission Hydro Crane Service, um, trucking and rigging and, um, it was quite stable. They serviced the entire Central Valley and other parts of California and Nevada with uh, hydraulic cranes and trucking and rigging and demolition. What's and rigging? Used equipment rigging. R -I rigging. I got it. Rigging. rigging. My yeah. my hearing's not so good looking. You know, many, many years of headphones on my head. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I guess we, we can get into that, too, with music uh, and how that could affect your hearing. We could put a pin in that one and, and continue. But uh, all right. So they gave you a good life. You were they were doing demolition. So they worked together. Yes, they own the company together. My mom did all of the um the office work and uh, liens and uh, all that stuff that has to go, all the booking and billing. And then my dad was out on the cranes and uh, managing the guys and operating the cranes and fixing the cranes, <laughs> everything. That sounds <laughs> he fantastic. Was cranes. You, you, it was his passion. <laughs> your mom and dad were a team at home and at work. It seems like, uh, yes, yes. That's, that's a good way to be. And, and, <laughs> I, I just, and once again, you're saying, that, do you want to talk to the man in charge or the woman that knows everything? Because your mom was inside <laughs> doing the books and she knew everything inside and out of the business. Uh, you know, yes. Uh, and, and I rely on my wife as well. If it wasn't for her, I'd have no money. <laughs> so big ups, big ups to that. Okay. And so you get out of, of college, you, you got some visual uh, a degree in your background you did a little bit of muraling and and that's great that you taught the kids how to do the mural in their in their schools that's that says a little something about you that you not only like to do the art but you also like to teach the art and then you scoot on over to chicago what took you to chicago the art institute art <laughs> I, I i went there for art school so um, I just wanted to add on to my degree and I had hopes of going to graduate school and I wanted to go to the Chicago Art Institute for graduate school as well. But once I graduated with my BFA and I was making so much money with dancing, I decided just to focus on that. 
how did she get into the dancing? You know, I, 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 I'm from Fort Lauderdale, from Miami in that area. And I know we had an art, art institute of Fort Lauderdale. And uh, when I was in high school, I was in distributive education clubs of America. And I took fashion marketing. And I, I did have a, a thought in the back of my head to go to art institute and, and find out more about photography. I was kind of interested in that. And some of the, the fashion and the designing and stuff. Uh, what did you get out of the Arts, Art Institute, if anything, that helped you along in your career? Um, I, I really learned what it takes to be a, a visual artist and to make a career. Because when, when I was living in California, and um, it was a smaller area, and I was more well-known in the visual arts there and it was easier to get well-known because there wasn't as much competition because it was a smaller community um both where I went to university as well as where I grew up and so when I got to Chicago and it was a big city and there's so many art schools of all kinds and so many artists I really got a wake-up call of what it really takes to be an artist of any kind whether it's a musician or a visual artist um, it, it takes a lot of work, <laughs> a lot, a lot of work and dedication. And um, I also learned that you will get at least 100 rejections <laughs> per one acceptance to whatever you're applying for, um, grants, performance opportunities, um, visual art showing opportunities, galleries, whatever it is. That's how many, how many things you have to be applying for to um, maybe get accepted to one of them. <laughs> so Chelsea Reitzma, you're a small town girl from California. You get to the big city. Uh, you had some kind, some success in, in art in California, and you were a big fish in a little pond, and then you get to be a smaller fish in a big pond, and your eyes open up. And so where did the dancing come in? Where did, when did you start dancing? Was that in, in school back in California, or is that something you picked up in Chicago? I no, I, I started dancing when I was three. Ah. I started visual art when I was nine. So ah. <laughs> arts, all kinds of arts have always just been a passion of mine. Um, and uh, so the dancing I had always thought of as a hobby. This is funny. I always thought of dancing as a hobby and my visual arts as a career. Right. <laughs> so basically after graduating from the Chicago Art Institute, that just swapped. Um I, I realized how much uh, I could make as a dancer and as a dance teacher and doing the conference circuit uh, around Europe and North America. Um, and I, I started, I shifted kind of from ballet and tap and jazz and the more traditional Western dances to uh, ethnic forms of dance, like uh, Latin street dancing and Middle Eastern dancing north african dancing wow and, um, and you being the, yeah. the blonde that you are uh, and that must have been uh, ex just a, a, a selling point is that someone you know uh, well a book by the cover you see a lot of other types of people dancing this way and then you come in and you don't look like someone who would dance this way and i'm sure that was very striking to some people do you think or or am I just reading this completely wrong? You know, so sometimes it was uh, advantageous, but I would say most of the time it was an issue, a problem. Uh. 
because I wasn't the stereotypical Latin dancer or the stereotypical um, Egyptian belly dancer. And I was told oftentimes to get a tan, dye my hair dark, that I was too white, I was too tall, too blonde. Um, but I, I just let it roll off my back and kept on trucking because uh, th- these things happen. So I, getting into the ethnic dances was uh, very, very rewarding um, and uh, very challenging to build my career um, with that kind of uh, adversity at at times. And then um, other times it, it also made me exotic. So yes. um, it was both a plus and a minus. <laughs> yeah. To drive that point home, uh, Chelsea writes, uh, writes ma, is that uh, the entertainment business is probably the only place where you can get away with that kind of discrimination, not tall enough, uh, too thin, too tall, too, uh, too blonde, too Asian looking, too black, too white. It, you know, you can get away with it because you're looking for that certain type of person, especially in the visual. But I could see that be that being a plus or a minus. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on where you're, you're coming from, uh, and but did you excel in those types of dances? Yes, very much so. I built my whole career mostly off of um, North African dances Super. and folkloric dances, um, and also samba and uh, Spanish fusion, which was kind of like a flamenco and Arabic dancing mix. Wow, um, more a style from the south of Spain, and. Uh, that's what I got very well known for. And I toured all over North America and Europe and um, had two dance companies. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm from Miami. So I'm familiar with, with every one of those dances that you were talking about. I've seen them. I appreciate them. I wish I could do them better. I've tried them. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at them. Uh, I have some kind of a rhythm but not as much rhythm as I'd like. And I, I can appreciate a dancer that, that can really hit the moves. I, I'm, my daughter's dancing, and I, I appreciate when she dances. And, and it, it makes me feel good to, to watch her excel in that. So you were thinking one way, hey, I'm going to try art, and I think that's where my moneymaker is going to be. And then you came in with this dancing. You found a troupe in Chicago. Is that right? I started my own, yeah. Oh, you started your own dance group in Chicago. How many people in in the group? Uh, At one point, I had 12. And then um, when I started slowly immigrating to Malta, it got uh, a little bit less because I had to make the troop a little bit uh, smaller in order to manage uh, two companies. So then I limited it to six people in in Malta and six people in Chicago. So in Um, Chicago, you were in your mid-20s, is that? Is that proper? Is that right? Um, actually, I started my dance company, let's see, when I was 26. Yeah. So your mid-20s, yeah. you spent some time in Chicago uh, forming this dance troupe. What, what kind of events did you do? Oh, everything. We danced at cultural events, uh, nightclubs. Uh, we toured with Toshe, the Macedonian singer, Um we toured with him in uh, all over the East Coast and uh, Chicago and, and Canada. That was really cool. 
Yeah, it's amazing what a dance. It's amazing what a dance group can do to a performance. You know, you you have a musician, but then you have all the dancers adding that flavor, that that feeling. And were you wearing uh, colorful outfits as well that that were elaborate, or is this mostly in leotards? Or, or you know, did you do the whole the whole shebang, if you will, Chelsea Reitzma? Um, you know, you have to wear particular styles of costumes to go with particular folk dances or particular belly dance styles. Um, has to match the music. It has to match the uh, the style, the region that it's from, and um, yeah. Plus, it needs to to actually look good on stage and <laughs> be sparkly and uh, colorful. So. That is super fantastic. All right, so yes. what year? <laughs> uh, okay, you're you're 26. What year is that? Oh gosh, wait, I'm not very good with years. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, what year <laughs> were you is, in Chicago? What, it was about what 2003, 2004 when I started the company. Okay. So I'm, I moved to Chicago in 2001, but. Yeah, giving me a little timeline and giving the people a little timeline of how Chelsea Reitzma came to be where she is and who she is now. Uh, so a little idea. Um, are we skipping anything going through? Or we, we, We've gotten to Chicago. You're starting your dance group. Uh, you're wearing many colorful costumes, sparkly, doing shows. How many shows do you think you did in, in a month, I guess? In a, uh, well, I was doing about... About seven to eight shows a week. A week. Okay. So this <laughs> yeah. is a full-time job. <laughs> it was full-time. Very, very full-time. So, I okay, I can see. eight to 12 hours a day between the teaching and the performing. So, so okay. And you had a, a dance school as well then is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. I was teaching um, at dance schools and uh, for my dance company as well. Oh. Uh, dance rehearsals for the company and then i was also teaching at the chicago art institute and at some elementary schools for their cultural days and things like that so neat chelsea reitzma so what was the name of your dance troupe fringe benefit <laughs> and what was was that also the name <laughs> of your school um i didn't open an actual school i was gotcha. teaching it at um other people's dance studios perfect perfect like tied down to having a school because I was touring too much. <laughs> so why fringe benefits? Well, first off, we wore uh, beaded fringe like crazy. And um, also because everyone in my dance company was uh, were just American girls that worked full time, had families, and they happened to be also really good dancers. And for them, dancing was kind of like their life fringe benefit that they could take a break from family and work and go and be part of a, a community and be part of something creative and fun that made them feel good. They could stay in shape and uh, get amazing opportunities that they would have never had if it weren't for dancing and being part of the, the company and the classes. It's a really nice community. That makes a lot of sense, Chelsea Reitzma. Uh, they got little French bene fringe benefits from being a part of your troupe. All right. Exactly. Now, <laughs> now, where do we go from Chicago? And did you go straight to Malta from Chicago? Or did you do anything else between? 
Well, you know, in between all of this, I, I did live in uh, Florence, Italy for about six months. And I also lived in Stockholm, Sweden, off and on. When I was touring, I spent a, a lot of time in Stockholm, Sweden and worked there every year for 13 years. <laughs> so this but, is primarily um, for work and, and not for anything else? It, yeah, it was just for purely for dancing. Um, and in Florence, it was for art. So ah. and it, there's a, a time gap there. But but that's the only like little side tangent we missed. <laughs> no, any any artwork so, in Florence, Italy that that belongs to Chelsea Reitzma that people are looking at and just would never know that it, it belonged to you. No, I was I was just studying there. I was ah. studying there. I was studying visual arts and uh, Italian culture and language. So if they're looking for the Chelsea Reitzma murals, they're going to have to go to that small town in California and maybe a few in yes. Chicago. Hundred percent, yes. <laughs> okay, all right. So you skipped around Europe a little bit. Well, I say you you skipped around. You danced around Europe a little bit, and you were able to entertain the people. So, all right, where do we go from here, Chelsea Reitzma? Oh, I I landed in Chicago. Um, I took uh, some students and a tour group, an American tour group, to Malta in two thousand and five. And I fell in love with the island. And um, when I was on my way there, I, I contacted several studios and said, hey, I'm going to be in Malta. And I would love to teach a dance workshop or perform, you know, for your studio. And um, Eldridge Cormie from the Paul Cormie Dance Company contacted me and said, we would love to have you teach workshops. And he booked a bunch of performances for me. And um, we were instant best friends, like brother and sister. Being an only child, and he was also an only child, it, it was like we just found our missing brother and sister. So it was great. <laughs> um, yes. We became such tight friends. He started bringing me back every single year, and sometimes twice a year. And I started staying longer and longer every time. And slowly, by 2007, the, the Maltese Dance Company was started. And, um, and then I was managing both Chicago and, uh, and Malta, and flying three months to Malta, three months to Chicago, and back and forth. So and for how many years touring did this, in between. For how many years did this back and forth go, Chelsea Reitzma? Till the end of 2012. Ah, so it was a little, time, a, a little yeah. dance back and forth between Chicago and Malta, Chicago and Malta, yes. Chicago and Malta. Yes. And you were falling more <laughs> and more in love with the tiny island nation of Malta. What do you like about Malta? What was it that, that kept bringing you back for more? Well, honestly, the, the people. I mean, I love Malta. The, the country is beautiful. The sea is gorgeous. You have everything here the cost of living was lower um as an artist i was making the same amount of money i could tour anywhere in europe cheaply you know i fly on ryanair <laughs> huh. and um and i i had a much lower cost of living and um even if i were making less money i could still have a higher quality of life here because things are more reasonably priced so I, I thought I would like to eventually immigrate to Malta. Um, it would be easier as an artist because artists are always struggling. It's constant 
work. You never get a break um, if you're going to make a living off of your art, whatever art kind of art you do. And um, so that was the, the main appeal. And, um, and my best friends. <laughs> um, and then also the community. The, the people here are wonderful. They're very nice, friendly. There's a, a lot of community. Um, people support each other in a lot of ways. And that was really beautiful. That's something that in the United States, I don't think we're always used to that kind of community support. Maybe if you live in a small town, but I think in large cities, we don't always experience such a tight sense of community and and family. The way the families stay together here, it's it's beautiful. People oftentimes stay at home until they're married <laughs> here, which is kind of interesting. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's different. It's old school. It's very old school. <laughs> well, Chelsea writes, it has to be tight knit. It's a small island that you, you see the same people every day. How many people are on this island approximately? Do you know? About 500,000. 500,000. That's, uh, you know, just a, a little bit more than what was in your town in, in California. And you're living, yeah. and this is a whole nation of people, a half a million people. And, you know, I live in Arkansas, and I think there's a half a million people spread out. I think there's a, a whole million uh, throughout the whole state. But it, I could see where, it, it you know, it's got to be real tight-knit. People are, are people living uh, in buildings that are more high rise or on top of each other or are people spread out or are they able to spread out a little bit in that island we're the most densely populated country in the world right so we all live on top of each other like hamsters <laughs> yes i was looking at some pictures and i see you know there's buildings that they look like they're right on top of each other and the whole island appears to be covered uh, you know for the most part there are some uh, rock scales uh, along the beaches that, and there really aren't beaches they're kind of cliffs uh, in the pictures that i see do you do you get to go into the water at all or or, or spend some time out near the ocean i guess yeah sure. there, there's actually quite a few uh, sandy beaches where you can go swimming they're they're usually packed with quite a lot of people they're very yeah. popular and um, there's quite a lot of green space, too, mostly in the north of the island where I'm living in the Maliha area. And then um, the south, the center in the south is more densely populated. But um, they've tried to preserve a lot of their their history and the green spaces and the archaeological sites and, um, and the natural sand beaches. There's a couple of man-made beaches, too, but those are mostly in the center and in the south. Yeah, I was looking at uh, the blurb in history, and it says something about that it's been there since 4,000 B.C., and and, and there's a a rich history. And the bottom of the blurb, and this is where you probably come in, is it says that at night, the place is filled with music from DJs, and I'm guessing from musicians as well. Is this what you find? Is there a big nightlife in Malta? Yeah, there is now, especially. Um, when I first started coming here, the nightlife was maybe a, a little bit um, smaller. And um, it was more like club and DJ oriented. But um, in the last 10 years, tons of uh, live music venues have opened. Um, a lot of the restaurants and um, 
festivals and stuff. They hire a lot of local musicians. And um, there's MTV concerts here. They always bring famous musicians from abroad. And um, there's quite a few sponsors and um, events planners that have started organizing large concerts and bringing uh, more famous artists from abroad as well. So Chelsea writes, my in 2012, you said, no, no more of this back and forth. I'm staying in Malta for good. And you just packed up every suitcase, every trunk and went on over. Is that right? Yeah, I sold I sold my uh, Chicago house, which took two and a half years because of that economic crash. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> that was painful. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. But um, I finally sold that. And uh, I met my husband in 2011. He's Maltese. And um, hey, that's I met man. him at the gym. I was teaching at a dance studio in a gym. And I met him at the front desk. And um, he was there to work out. We just randomly ran into each other at the front desk. And uh, and then in uh, 2012, we got engaged. And 2013, we got married. So, hey, Mazel Tov. Um, yes. I was happy that my house finally sold in 2012 because it's really hard to have a steady relationship when you're touring so much. So it was nice to finally settle down at least a little bit. I still kept touring. But I, I cut down a bit so I could be um, in Malta a little bit more and actually have a relationship. <laughs> yes. And so he was already in Malta. He had his house and you were just able to move on in there. No, no. I bought the house, actually. I had to have it for immigration purposes. And he was living with his parents because <laughs> uh, he separated and unmarried and that's what you do here you live with your parents <laughs> mostly um it's starting to change with the younger generations but uh the older generations you don't leave the house unless you're married <laughs> yeah you mentioned that <laughs> even before. if you were divorced you, you go back that, home <laughs> yeah the maltese are very tight-knit and some of them live at home until until forever until they they get married and and okay that's an interesting uh dynamic in in a uh in a family life uh, that you can live at home. And I've, you know, I've, I've told my daughter, yeah, you can live at home forever if you want. (laughs) And, uh, you know, yeah, my parents told me that too. And you didn't, you said, I'm out of here. I'm getting, I'm getting out of this small town and heading for the big city. And then you ended up in another, another small town. Would you consider Malta or at least your part of Malta being a small town or, or feeling that way? Uh, the village I live in it is quite small. Um, I think there's about ten thousand in the village. So, so being it's pretty small, yeah. Being on an island, how do you get off that island? I, I noticed that your your closest uh, port would be Sicily, and then uh, and then south to Africa. Uh, where do you go to, to or or is there an, are there an airport in the island of Malta? There, I guess yeah, we have an international airport. There's flights. To New York, Dubai, all of Europe. So when I want to leave the island, I mostly fly. But you can also take a ferry to Sicily. It's like about an hour over there. It's it's a nice ride. <laughs> wow, and an hour is nothing on a ferry ride. So you could probably you know put your your uh, horse and buggy on the uh, on the ferry and go 
I'm, I'm guessing. Exactly. I'm guessing all they all they drive there in Malta is horse horse and buggy. There there can't be any cars. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, and donkeys. Yeah, and donkeys. donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm making fun of the Maltese. I have this whole a tiny island nation. They're all going to be after me. Oh no, no. And, and and as soon as I saw it online, as soon as the wife and I saw it online, we said we got to go to there. That is so beautiful. Uh, the the water looks 100%. beautiful. I'll, I'll show you around. Ah, we're coming over. We're staying at your house. Ah. <laughs> All right, Chelsea Reitzma. So you're in Malta, 2013. You're married. You're settled down. You got this cool Maltese husband. Is it Maltese? Is that right? Yes, Maltese. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of Pink Panther and the Maltese fal- Falcon for some reason. It, it just makes sense. Oh, I'm. I'm just so happy you didn't say the dog, Maltese dog. I get that a lot. <laughs> Is there a Maltese dog? No, no. Pink Panther, Maltese Falcon. Thank you. <laughs> Inspector Clouseau. Panther. You know, you got <laughs> Peter Sellers in the house. So, okay. So what other things do you do in Malta besides the music? And we'll get into the music right after that. You know, um, I actually... After I injured myself, because I was dancing when I came here, I yes. injured myself really bad, and they're permanent injuries. How so? so? Um, what happened? If you don't mind me asking, I tore a whole bunch of ligaments and tendons and all sorts of things in my feet and ankles and in my low back and in my shoulder and yeah, I'm a mess. That's so- not just <laughs> a lot of injuries. That is a lot of injuries. No way to yeah, fix it's that. Expensive. They're all dance injuries. Um, totally blew my body out with dancing. Completely. Why did you do this? Um, Don't do it. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, <laughs> what year was this? That was about four years ago. Um, it slowly started creeping up. You know, an injury here, an injury there, and um, after a couple of years of injuries, you know, like piling up then I realized that I was definitely going to have to stop. And my foot and ankle injuries were so bad that I, I couldn't do it as a career anymore. And I, I couldn't even do it as a hobby at a certain point. No teaching, so, um, nothing? You, you couldn't even teach it? No, I can't even teach. I can't do anything anymore. I'm walking with crutches if I walk for more than two blocks. Oh, my all right. Yeah, uh, for all the kids out there <laughs> that are that are thinking about a career in dancing, ch- uh, take it from Chelsea Reitzma. It's hard on the body. Uh, and yes, sorry. <laughs> so, where did you? What did you do after this? You you said, man, I got to hang up my my dancing shoes. And now what? Now what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Yeah, that was the thing. I, and I lost my career completely. Like quite. Suddenly, because <laughs> dancing, you have to rely on your body. So if something blows out, you suddenly aren't making any money when you're self-employed. That's pretty scary. Yes. So um, I started doing the production side of things. And um, I started working for the Valletta 2018 Foundation as a subcontractor and managing a lot of the uh, cultural events for the European Capital Culture and leading up to 2018. And uh, so I just did the production side of things for a while. And um, I started doing uh, singing and music as a hobby. And I also went back to my visual arts background, started selling some paintings and um, 
uh, booking some gallery exhibitions. So the the event coordinating that was people that you knew from the dancing days. Uh, no, actually, um, Valletta 2018 Foundation was looking for a project manager, so I just applied, went to an interview, and they accepted me. So this is something <laughs> just cold. It wasn't anybody that you knew. It was something that you said, "Well, that that might be interesting. That that might take me a little bit uh, through through uh, this part of my life." Or or was it somebody you knew? You did you know anybody there? I I did know somebody that worked there, but she wasn't doing the hiring or anything. So it, so, was, um, it wasn't instrumental in getting that job. Oh, okay. No, well, not at all. Unfortunately. Well, you yeah, saw an opportunity and you and you took time, it. So. No, you got it on your own merits. That's fantastic. Yes, because as a self-employed artist, you end up doing a lot of production and learning a lot about um, events, organization, and uh, production of cultural events and things like that. So um, it was quite easy to, to just shift over. So this is 2015. How, how long did you do that job? Um, I did that until... Uh, what the beginning of this year oh okay so you yeah. had some staying power there and, and then you you yeah. hadn't been si- singing before that no no in 2014 I kind of felt the injuries coming I knew that yes. I knew that my body was starting to give out so but I panicked because I love being on stage I love performing I've done it my whole life so I said what do I want to do where I can still be on the stage? I could try acting. I could try singing. But um, I just knew that I had to try singing and songwriting because I had always been, uh, since I was a small child, I had always been into making up my own songs and um, uh, writing poetry as well, which is, you know, related to lyric writing. And um, I would get these tunes popping in my head and uh, I never knew how to uh, make it happen, how to produce them and how to, to bring those tunes and lyrics to fruition. And so I, I took a, a singing class uh, from a coach who was actually teaching across the street from, from me when <laughs> I was injured. Mm-hmm. And it helped keep me from getting too depressed as well, because my whole career was over for dancing. And it was quite depressing for me to go that. from being an athlete to being in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, <laughs> for three months I was in a wheelchair. It was pretty bad. So I would roll on across the street and go to my singing lesson. I was absolutely terrified. Um, <laughs> I was uh, almost 40 and I was taking my first singing lesson. <laughs> so you had not taken any, uh, any singing lessons previous to just last year? Um. Only things from when I was a very small child, you know, that they do at school, in elementary school. Um, But other than that, I had never had any, like, professional level vocal coaching. Amazing. Uh, This tells me that that when you put your mind to it, you go full force into it. Uh, You know, the, the, the dancing... Uh, you did the visual arts and you went, okay, I'm making a little bit here. And then you found the dancing and you went full force into it so much so that you made this whole troupe and you toured ar- around Europe and, and North America. And, and, and then you, you get injured. Okay. And this could be, uh, you know, this could be very depressing and it was to some extent, 
but you said, you know what? I'm, I want to stay on stage. Let me be a singer. And yes, I'm recapping, but let me be a singer. And then you went ahead and became a singer. How many lessons did it take to become a professional singer? You know, I'm a perfectionist, so I don't I don't feel that I'm done yet. I still go to vocal coaching once or twice a week, every week, and I probably will until I die. Right. I, I think it's really, really helpful, very beneficial, and you should always strive for improvement. Um, I would... I would say that I felt confident enough to try to actually perform uh, about six months into the vocal uh, lessons. And I had already written a song with my mom. It was my oh. first song. Um, <laughs> How my sweet mom is that? And I Writing a song with your mama. Come on. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it was called Blue. And uh, I produced it. Um, with uh, Beehive Studios here in Malta. And uh, I wrote it in 2014 with her and um, and released it. And so that was kind of when I first started feeling really confident to go public with my, my singing. It was in two, it was late 2014. 2014. You, just, you take six months worth of lessons and you record this and... And when you put that song out, how how did it make you feel? And and how what kind of response did you get from that first song, Blue? You know, I, I officially released it in uh, 2016, right? Um, because I, I was a, I was nervous, so sure. it took me some time. <laughs> Perfectionist, but, um, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I got a really good response. I was very happy with it. I was. Also, just so excited to finally produce the song because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know how you start. Like, I, I didn't even know any musicians at that time that weren't Middle Eastern, like tabla and darbuka players. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but trying to build all the contacts, find out like how to produce a song, it was it was quite a challenge. And so, I was just so happy that I actually did it. And. Um, and a, a couple of radio stations uh, actually played the song, um, and I, I was on cloud nine. I, I was just on cloud nine. Really. I imagine so, Chelsea Reitzma. <laughs> uh, you you put something out into the world, and somebody appreciated it enough to play it on their radio station. That says a lot. That's got to feel good for a a creator, a, a, a creative person, to put something out there and to have it appreciated. Oh my goodness! And and with your mom, no less. How did how did your mom feel about that? My mom was really excited too, and she was excited that I I took the because we've always written songs together since I was a small child, but they're usually kind of silly. Um, but this is our first serious songwriting that we did together, and uh, it really helped to keep me going and to keep me uh, something to hold on to through the healing process from the injuries. And um, so she was, she was pretty excited that I found a new passion and that it was keeping me 
going and keeping me from slipping into depression. Yes. So 2014, and, um, you write this song. You you put it out in 2016. Who? Uh, what were the studio musicians? Were were they people that you knew, or were they people that worked for the studio that were hired out to to make the song for you? They were all people from the studio because um, I didn't know anybody in the music industry at all. So um, when I found a, a producer that would help me and he would produce it, then um, I did everything with the in-house musician. Fantastic. It's good to have a, a, a group of hired guns is what they call them uh, when they're hired musicians. There's some records back in the 60s that were made by one group of musicians. Every hit was made by one group of musicians. And if you get a good group of studio musicians, you can make all kinds of different music. And you said that there's Middle Eastern type music. Or did it? I, I didn't get a chance to listen to Blue, but I have listened to The Garden and She-Man. Uh, you have quite a few other songs that are that are listed on your YouTube but blue what what kind of a feel did that have um you know I wanted to write a classic song uh, something that would feel um, you know like in the genre of uh, stand by Benny King stand by me or um, um, Blue Moon, the Elvis Presley version. So yeah. it kind of had this uh, a little bit contemporary meets uh, retro, like 1940s feel to it. Yeah. Is it's that where your heart lives? Style. Is that where your heart lives creatively, uh, Chelsea Reitzma? Yes, I love making fusion music, um, kind of a fusion between blues and, and rock and sometimes a little bit of jazz little bit of country i like i love fusion styles <laughs> yes now I, I get to do a little bit of karaoke djing from time to time did before the the big career started to take off did you do any karaoke singing to practice no i did my first karaoke singing like um maybe in july a friend of mine took me to karaoke i'd never done it before i was terrified <laughs> See, once again, you're you're doing things backwards because usually when people become professionals, they don't want to sing in karaoke bars anymore. Uh, you 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 did the art and you said, "Let me art's going to be my my forte. That's going to be my money maker." And then dancing ended up being your money maker. So uh, you you kind of went you you shifted in a different direction than most people would. Uh, you. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, uh, Katy Perry was caught in a, in a karaoke bar maybe four or five years ago, and people thought, "Wow, that's Katy Perry singing in a karaoke bar. That's so weird." You know, once you become a professional singer, it, it you know you, you can't do those things anymore. Uh, so how 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 fun was it at the karaoke bar in Malta? It was a blast. It was my first and only karaoke experience. I can't say I would go like every weekend or something like that what was your go-to <laughs> song it, it was just for fun sorry what, what was your go-to song you know i'm no good by amy winehouse excellent <laughs> another crooner another person that kind of fused different genres and styles together i think that would be a perfect fit for you chelsea reitzma uh, to do that kind of music and yeah, she was she was amazing. She yeah, she gone too soon. Come on. <laughs> yes. 
really yeah she's one of my idols i just really love love her lyric writing and her style and her voice yeah let's go with she was amazing let's go with people that influenced you who influences you uh you know artistically that's one one thing you can get different uh feels of how to draw and how to sculpt and that kind of thing but primarily let's talk about the music since that's where we're at uh, who influences yes. your styles right now um i love nick cave and leonard cohen amy winehouse um kovac new artist i i just love her and um i i love benny king as well he's he, he was always amazing. I, I would say those are the, the main ones that I listen to all the time. Oh, and Beth Hart and Joe Bonamassa. Oh, my God. Beth Hart is so amazing. She's so sexy. That is so funny. We were just talking about Joe Bonamassa yesterday on the podcast. Uh, uh, Charlotte McKinnon uh, had worked with him recently. And it's so funny that you're mentioning the same the same people. Uh Charlotte McKinnon was on the podcast yesterday and she has worked with, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Barry Gibb and quite a few other people. And and she said more recently she was working with him and he was amazing. So that's two people in two days on this podcast that have said Joe Bonamassa is awesome. And he is. Yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Well, cool. All right. Uh, Chelsea Reisma. So what? Okay. What other things have you done? Have you have you gone out gigging or, uh, around town? What, are are you gigging now? Yes, yes. Actually, it, it was funny. A, a friend of mine told me that I backed into music. <laughs> How so? <laughs> because I I produced music videos and released my EP and and did all these uh, recordings and everything before I ever performed live. <laughs> Okay. Yes, so, that is a little yes, bit backwards. A little bit, you know, because uh, I think uh, I think the monkeys uh, did their studio stuff before they performed live because they really didn't know how to how to play live. Uh, that that would be the case in in that instance. But yeah, all their stuff was pre- was uh, pre recorded, and I guess there's a couple more uh, groups in the '60s. I think the Partridge Family uh, was like that too, where they they never toured. But they had these great TV shows, so they had all these recordings, and they said, well, let's take it on the road, uh, but we don't know how to play. <laughs> yeah. So do you play any instruments, um, uh, Chelsea Reitzma? You know, I, I can play small percussion. I, I'm not an actual musician. I wouldn't consider myself a professional uh, musician. I don't play any, any cool instruments really well. Um, I'm trying to learn uh, some chords on the keyboard, mostly for composing and um i play maracas and finger cymbals and tambourines all from my my ethnic dance background um but uh yeah i don't play any instruments professionally hey you got the rhythm to play cowbell and that's good enough for me (laughs) the triangle there you go (laughs) you did the triangle at the end bing that's it you're right you're right that was a big finish big finish (laughs) <laughs> so Chelsea Wrightsma, what was the first thing that you did out live and how many how many songs did you have produced at this point? Um I how many songs were I had I had six six songs produced at this point. 
and I um, and three music videos, and I produced at Coffee Circus in Lima here in Malta for the first time, a little coffee house uh, with two friends of mine that play guitar and um, and then also some recorded music, and it was actually encouraged by my a friend of mine. Um, he was also a contractor at my house doing my plumbing and stuff. <laughs> and he used to do the sounds in Budapest at, for Jazzy Radio. And he lives here in Malta now as well. And he said, you've got to get out there and start performing. You're great. You're going to be great. I want to see you performing. So he organized a performance at Coffee Circus. And he did the sound for us and the, the mixing and everything. And uh, he really pushed me to do that. I really appreciate that he's a very very sweet man and what year did you do the flea market again uh coffee circus coffee circus it's not a flea market sorry yeah yeah yeah. coffee circus i'm thinking um, flea circus for some reason so what yeah what year did you do yeah i don't know why (laughs) what year did you do do the coffee circus uh that was this year because i was working for the capital year of culture i didn't have time to perform when i was producing the event for the Letta 2018 foundation <laughs> right <laughs> <It's way> too- <laughs> so did you have to so, give uh, that job up to go full-time and into, into performing on stage is that what happened that's what 2019 is all about for me wow. i'm just focusing on my music a little bit on my visual art and I, I'm forming a band and uh, an acoustic duo and trio. And I'm trying to get a lot of live performance experience. That is fantastic, Chelsea Reitzma. What does her husband think about this? He loves it. He comes to all my performances. <laughs> oh, you got a cheerleader. That's great. Yes. A fan. <laughs> your number one fan. The president of your fan club. Go hubby. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. And he's he's Maltese, and what what does he do? He's Malta's national pistol shooting champion for a fifty meter pistol and uh, a couple other disciplines. I'm not can very you, good with the can, shooting. Can you make a living but, pistol shooting? Um. Well, the the government here can pay for for you to subsidize subsidize your shooting career. That and sounds fantastic. Abroad and stuff. And then um, he's also head of sales at a sporting goods store. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So no, it, sells, it, it just goes to show whatever you content. like to do, you can make it into a career. And he's made pistol yes. shooting into a career. That is great. <laughs> I, yes. You know, <laughs> things that you love, you can turn it into a career if you're creative enough. And it sounds like he's creative yes. too. That's fantastic. Yeah. You're good for I mean, each other. So yeah, two, yeah, we're 2019. Great. When did you quit the when did you quit the uh the day gig? Uh when the foundation closed down because they they closed down um because 2018 was over, the the capital year of culture. Oh, for I got Europe. you. Um so it finished in 2018. Uh we had to wrap a few things up uh, at the beginning of 2019 and then it was done. So another turning so, point for you, Chelsea Reitzma, uh, what do you do next, right? And and you came up with it. You said, well, I got this singing in the bag. I seem to be pretty good at it. And people keep pushing me in that direction. So you headed in that direction. And you you, you yes. did 
you did the, your first gig and how did that feel? It was great. Yeah. And we, I've done quite a few more since then. Um, and, uh, yeah, things are going really good. Uh, I have high hopes. My band is really coming together. We're going to have our first performance in November. Um, with this new group of musicians. We had uh, another performance as a band um, back in, when was it? July. July. So but, this uh, band, is the is it the same two people included in that first uh, that first gig that you, you did at the uh, circus? No, no. Um, they One of them doesn't even live here anymore, actually, because <laughs> a lot of people come and go from Malta, so you'll find people to work with for three to six months and then they'll go back to their own country. Well, that's what you were doing so, for, for four or five years, right? Is coming exactly. and going. And, and you could see that it, it seems to be a thing. And then you put roots down in Malta. So here you are, California yeah. girl in Malta by way yeah. of Chicago. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. And so, then your mom and yeah, dad. Yeah. The band is going great. And, uh, uh, we'll do another performance in November, but it's all new musicians. So that's why I say our first performance. <laughs> so it's all new musicians and um, I'm looking forward to. And that. then your mom and dad so. still in California and they're saying, no, we miss our little girl. We're, we're coming. How, how soon are they coming out to Malta? They're here right now. Uh, oh, they made temporary. it. Yeah. They, they bought their place and uh, they're shipping their things. So they're here and we're waiting for our shipment of our stuff and including my things from Chicago because I had them in storage at my parents' house all these years. Wow. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah were I'm, sitting I'm in glad a you got your stuff and, and now Chicago. you're in Malta and now Keys Dan has a place to go in Malta <laughs> or at least somebody, yes. to, somebody to show him around uh, when exactly. he gets there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so what's uh, you say you have some performance that are coming up. Uh, how do you want people to connect with you, Chelsea Reitzman? And what's on the horizon for you? And do you know what the name of the new band is going to be? Um, I, I prefer to say as a solo artist. Uh, so I'm going to use my, my own name. So the Chelsea Reitzman band, basically. Um, I, I think it's better that way. Yeah, and then. Great. uh you can work anywhere in the world that way. <laughs> yeah. So wh what's on the horizon for Chelsea Reitzma and the Chelsea Reitzma band? <laughs> um, well, we have this gig coming up in November and uh, we have some small local uh, performances and festivals booked. And I'm hoping to book some really nice uh, gigs for the, the holiday season. And uh, we have some recordings planned for some uh, new songs. We're writing some new songs together, all as a band, which is nice. So, yeah, some exciting times. So, Chelsea Reitzma, what are you going to do with all those silly songs that you wrote with your mama? I think silly songs are great. You, you could put them out, put out a children's <laughs> album. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, Chelsea Reitzma sings the silly songs. <laughs> I will put out some silly songs, but so are you yeah. always writing? Is it some? Is that a process that you have? Because some people that want to be performing musicians and and to be famous or or to be working musicians, they they don't know what work it takes to put into it. Um, you're a singer. Uh, 
but you also know, well, if you could learn uh, a keyboard, you could produce your own music a little more readily uh, without having to rely so much on a on a producer. But are you writing your music uh, all the time now, or do, do you set aside some time for music writing? All of the above. Most of the time, songs come to me at really inconvenient times. In the middle of the night while I'm sleeping, I'll wake up, and there's uh, lyrics and a tune in my head, and I have to get up and record them on my phone, sing it into the phone, type up the lyrics, or um, bust out a, a couple chords on my on my keyboard just to see if they work, <laughs> so I don't forget them by the morning, <laughs> um, or while I'm driving. Most of my songs came to me while I was driving, and I have to try to record them on my phone while I'm driving, or pull over to the side of the road and quickly jot stuff down. Chelsea Reitzma always pulls over to the side of the road when she does her <laughs> recording. She never uses her phone while she's driving. Did I say that right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. That reminds me of the By the Side of the Road song by Concrete Blonde. I love that song. Excellent. That's a, that's a really Excellent. Nice song. <laughs> well, no, and you're not the first to say that a lot of your ideas come to you when you're lying in bed at night because sometimes you, you lie in bed and you're trying to get to sleep and all of a sudden all these ideas start popping into your head. So you have to have some kind of a recording device, at least a pencil and a piece of paper next to your next to your bed on your nightstand so you can write these ideas down. Is that something that you have? Do you have a, a, a recording device next to your bed just in case? I always have my mobile phone. Uh, yes. I do everything on my phone. Um and then an I, later I email it to myself or download it to my computer. And then, you know, I, I just use my notepad on my iPhone and the, the uh, recording device on my iPhone. Gotcha. And then I, I download it to my Mac and start working on it from my computer later. Very smart. Well, I see nothing but big things coming for you in the near future and the distant future, Chelsea Reitzma. This, I think this okay. is the career that's going to take you till the end. And, and do you still have have little dance moves while you're performing, sitting there on stage? You got you still got that that rhythm, that wiggle. You can't get out of it. You know my my belly dance background comes out sometimes. I'll be up there doing figure eights with my hips while I'm singing. So. Hey, that's got to be interesting for the audience. They, they've got to get a kick out of that. I know I probably would. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, how do, how do you want people to? I see those silly dance moves in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you want people to connect with you, Chelsea Reitzma, online and, and otherwise? Okay. Um, you can find me on my website, which is chelseareitzma.com. And uh, also on Spotify and uh, Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Are there any songs online that, that are available for purchase if people want to, to buy them? Yes. Yes. On iTunes. All of my stuff is on iTunes and Google Play and Deezer as well as uh, Spotify. And um, there's a... Uh, three music videos on uh, YouTube as well. Fantastic, Chelsea Reitzma. It's been a complete pleasure talking to you this evening. Uh, you too. Yeah, uh, you know, who, who can imagine? This internet is such a wonderful thing where we can go from Arkansas all the way to Malta 
and and have a, a nice conversation and learn about each other. And we've learned about Chelsea Reitzma and your career that has uh, gone from from a humble beginning in a small town in California of just a hundred thousand, all the way to Malta, the the island nation of Malta. My goodness, it, it sounds like you you've got things mapped out for the rest of your life. That's fantastic. Uh, any last words for the people, Chelsea Reitzma? I I just wanted to say hello to Arkansas. Got some family members there, and um, thank you so much. Dan, it's been a, a real pleasure to meet you, and I, I really respect what you're doing with your your radio show. It's a really great, great idea, great movement, and it's very needed. Well, there you have it, party people, a star on the rise, Chelsea Reitzma, just beginning her music career. This would be career number three, really, because she started out as an artist. I'm sure she's still got the art in the background and, you know, she still practice practices and dabbles a little bit. And then she had the dancing that started out in Chicago and toured all over Europe. I know I'm just recapping. <laughs> and then, you know, a body gets hurt after all that dancing, especially if you're dancing hard and dancing for people seven nights a week. Hello. That's going to be hard on the body. And uh, so she had to come up with a different career. And she goes, you know what? I like being on stage. And uh, let me try this singing. So she's singing now. And I've heard her songs online. If you get a chance, check out Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Reitzma right online. And I'm going to put the links in the show notes so you know exactly how to get a hold of Chelsea Reitzma. And it's a good excuse to go to Balta and check that little island out. I've seen the pictures online and boy howdy do I want to go now. That water looks gorgeous out in the Mediterranean. You see all these movies where uh, people are taking vacations out in the Mediterranean. What better place to go than Malta? The people are nice as far as Chelsea Reitzma says. They're so nice she married one. So uh, there you go. Let's all be Maltese for a little while and go visit with Chelsea Reitzma and maybe we can catch a show. So thank you so much Chelsea Reitzma for giving me the little chit chat and a little more insight onto how you became you on the what makes you famous podcast if you'd like to tell your story i encourage you give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radio what.com that's it for this installment of what makes you famous it's keys dan radio what.com dj little rock.com peace I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want with some great, great quotes. As you walk down the ferry of life, you must smell the roses, for you only get to play one round. Anonymous, the music you want. RadioWhat.com. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of KeysDan.com. Follow Radio What on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of RadioWhat.com. The music you want is on. <laughs>